Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. If you are new to the show, we have a episode releasing every Monday and Thursday, streaming on charismapodcastnetwork.com. You can also find us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, Google Play, pretty much anywhere that podcasts are listened to. Hey, if you've been listening and tuning in for for a while now, you know, it used to be Awaken Live. I did a live streaming and now we have this podcast version here for the past year and a half. And so it's been a blessing. It's been growing for all those who are faithful and listening. Thank you so much for subscribing, rating, reviewing, all of that, as well as just spreading the news. I get testimonies of people saying, oh, I've told my mother, my sister, our, our small group, and they've been listening to it. And so thank you so much for that. That is a huge blessing. And I just, you know, we have teaching shows. You know, I love to break down the word, share testimonies of of God in my life. And I love to have people on from all over the world that are prophetic, that are pastors, leaders, friends of mine, family members of mine that have a testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ, just incredible people with a message for now, as well as testimonies that will inspire faith in the listener. And so really appreciate you guys being with me today. I have a great guest on the show with me. His name is Dan McCollum. Him and his wife, Regina, are the founding global directors of Sounds of Nations. They are pastors at Mission Church in Vacaville, California. Dan oversees worship and prophetic ministry and teaches around the world. He has produced hundreds of music CDs and is the author of more than 20 books, including Finding Your Song, God Vibrations, A Prophetic Company, Basic Training in Prophetic Activations, as well as a kid series entitled My Superpowers, and a book that we're going to be speaking about today entitled Bending Time. And so thank you, Dan, for joining me today. Yeah, it's good to be with you, Michael. I appreciate you coming on with me. And so I love to ask my guests, you can give a longer version or shorter version, whatever you want. I just love to know how the Lord awakened your heart. How did you first come to know the Lord Jesus? Then we'll we'll dive into the message today. Yeah, I was actually brought up in a religious home. And uh, so we went to church every Sunday, but we didn't know Jesus. Mm. And um, I like to say religion's a darker, a darker pit than sin because people... <laughs> lose out on salvation from wow. human goodness instead mm. of badness. <laughs> yeah, wow. You know? True. But uh my my we got a new pastor at my church who was evangelical, started sharing the gospel of Jesus and my my parents got saved, my brother and sister got saved and just watching the change in their life, I couldn't resist anymore. So yeah. I got saved at 15 years old started preaching the gospel and I was with a band. So we started evangelizing with the band and uh, I toured preaching the gospel from when I was 15 till about <laughs> 23, I'd awesome. say. Yeah. Awesome. And is that how you, cause I know that you um, operate in prophetic ministry, you, you and your, your team and your church, you know, believe in the spiritual gifts. How did you get baptized in the spirit? Did that happen at 15 or did that take place later? I was a few years later. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I was raised, uh, Presbyterian and, and we didn't, uh, my particular church didn't embrace the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but, uh, I had a Pentecostal friend who was always saying, you know, you're powerful, but you really need the baptism. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, what do you mean? Like, I'm, I'm winning people to Jesus, you know, sure. I'm, I'm preaching the gospel, yep. you know, and they just kept nagging me, nagging me. And then one day I said, okay, okay. Tonight, I'll go to your church, and they will preach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I'll be the first one at the altar. Now, I didn't know what happened. Like, what just came out of my mouth? Yeah. <laughs> what was that? 
Yeah. And I got to this church. It was a big church, about 5,000 people. And um, the pastor stands up and he goes, I don't know why, but the Lord just told me to change my message to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and yeah. so he preached on that. I was the first one down. And that kind of began my journey of a, of a deeper spiritual life that happened about 17 years old. Yeah. You just got to love uh, divinely um, appointed people in our lives that just keep nagging us to uh, <laughs> that keep uh, pu- pushing us, pushing us towards the fullness of God in our lives. And they just their patience and persistence. I've had several people like that in my life, which set you up for a God yeah. encounter, which set you up for a God encounter at that church, which thank you know, thank God that they the Lord impressed upon their heart to uh, keep pushing you and nagging you to get to that church because it's it set you up. And so thank God for that. It really did. Yeah. So thankful. <laughs> a lot of times our prayers are answered through people. You know, the Lord anoints people's hearts and they give, you know, God gives them a burden for us and they wind up bringing revelation, truth, or bringing us to the right place. And so that's a beautiful thing how God used those people. I just love hearing everyone's stories about how they get saved and how they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit just because everybody's story is so different and God works with us uniquely based on who we are as his kids. And I just know there's somebody who's listening to this story today that thought to themselves, wow, you know, and we're inspired, encouraged, and blessed by that. So I appreciate you sharing that with me. And I want to uh, dive in. You wrote an amazing book called Bending Time, Accessing Heavenly Realities for Abundant Living. And I read it and it was, it's beautiful. There's so much truth here that I feel like we don't talk about often. I've never read a book exactly like this where it just broke down the truths like you shared in this book. And so you open the book talking about humanity's struggle you know, with time, always saying, oh, well, time's not on my side, or I'm always running out of time, or I just don't have enough time. I'm too busy to accomplish everything that I want to do. If I had all the time in the world, I'd be able to do this. And humanity's struggle with the concept of time and you break down how God created time and how time is even redeemed in Jesus Christ. I'd love to I'd love for you to explain that and kind of make that a foundation here today. Absolutely. And uh you know, in western culture in particular, time is money, you know, and yeah. <laughs> and uh we often say I, I don't have the time or um, and, and time is our excuse for not living abundantly, not living fruitfully, not living in the place even of our passions and desires. Mm. And, and, um, uh, and the answer to that has been time management. And I want to be very clear. I believe in time management, but time management is the kindergarten, um, not the graduate school. The graduate school is time redemption. Wow. <laughs> and that is applying the redemption of Jesus Christ. You know, eternity doesn't happen the moment you die. It happens the moment you believe. That's right. You begin to experience the benefits of eternity the moment you come into a reality relationship with Jesus Christ. And one of the things we address in the book, Michael, is just that. Um, one of the measurements of time is the perception of duration. In other words, how long does time feel? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. you know. Yeah, and if you know, before I was saved, church felt eternal, even though it was one hour long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? And and so I would sit in church feeling like. 
I was losing time. Like my life was being eaten away and like the clock wouldn't move. You know, maybe you've been in a boring meeting or you've been in a boring church service or you've been, you know, in something where you weren't happy, where you weren't glad to be there. And time in that moment seems to drag and just die. But, you know, when you're doing something you love, we have that saying, time flies when you're having fun. Mm -hmm. Well, I believe that's because joy is the atmosphere of heaven. It's the dominant atmosphere of heaven. So whenever you're enjoying yourself, you're actually getting a taste of a heavenly reality because in his presence is fullness of joy and pleasures at his right hand forevermore. So any moment where you're enjoying yourself, you are actually experiencing a small taste of heavenly reality where time no longer has a bearing on you. The duration of time is no longer uh, a, a weight or a boundary, but it's merely a servant to help you mark um, times and days and seasons. That's a beautiful thing. I feel like people don't view, you know, because unbelievers, everybody experiences joy and delight you know, to a certain degree, but God made us in his image and likeness. And every single person walking this earth is a child of God. And if they enjoy life, if they're dancing, if they're singing, if they're laughing, all of that flows from heaven and everybody experiences heaven to some degree. But of course, when you come into faith and your eyes are open and you're born again, you get to experience a fullness there. But I just love how God's stamp and his reality flows through the entire creation. You know what the word of God says? He fills all in all. When Christ resurrected, he filled all in all. And that's such a beautiful reality. And so I just love that because I feel like we don't talk about that often, how joy, you know, when we experience joy or experience beautiful things here in this earth, that is a glimpse or a foretaste of what is to come. And so that's that's awesome. And you just talking about church in general. I When I was young, church wasn't an hour. It was two and a half hours. And so... <laughs> That was wow. that was even harder. I used to fall asleep in church or try to bring my. Yeah, uh, I want. I wanted to bring a pillow. But my parents wouldn't let me. Unfortunately, um, <laughs> they would nudge me. I would get. I would get hard nudges in church growing up just because. Wake up! Wake up! You know, but um, this is this. There's power. There, there's power here. And you wrote a chapter in in your book called um, all about Jesus being a time bender and you quoted a scripture at the end of John that is very very interesting it's just one scripture and we're kind of like wow wow every time we hear it but we don't really understand the context of it and so share, share with us a little bit about Jesus and his his life and fullness being a time bender absolutely well time bending obviously everything starts and ends with Jesus Christ the creator of all mm-hmm. you know all things are upheld by the power of his word we want to give him all honor and glory and everything yes. we say and yes. do And the cross really is what has redeemed time for us. It's bought us out of any kind of uh, prison or slavery or servanthood of time. Time was made to serve you, and you've got to make Mm. time your friend and not your master. But Jesus uh, demonstrated such a partnership with time, and, and this is in regard to his productivity in John 21, 25, it said, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written, you know? And so mm-hmm. in the book, I kind of break this down. When I heard that, I was like, well, I mean, 
if Jesus in two and a half to three years of ministry uh, did enough to fill the whole world with books, <laughs> pretty, how pretty astonishing is that? You oh, yeah. know, uh-huh. exactly. So I looked up on, on Google to find out how many books existed, you know, and it's right around 130 million single titles of books currently in existence. And um, if you think of then, and, and I know it's just a metaphor. So, it, you know, like I'm, I'm not trying to get carried away. I'm just trying to get a picture of the metaphor that John was using mm, here. Yeah. And, um, and so what we're talking about there is that, uh, you know, 130 million books with the average book being a couple hundred pages, you know, Jesus would have had to have written the equivalent of like 90,000 books. I mean, 90,000 pages a day or something mm, like that. Wow. And, and all we're saying in that is that Jesus lived incredibly productive. Um, and how did he do that? I mean, obviously he was God in man, but he didn't cheat. He was also a living as the son of man, not just the son of God. And it was through that divine union. It was through the awareness of that heavenly reality. Jesus said in John 14, 12, the same works that I've done, you will do also and greater works Yeah, because I go to the father. Yeah, And so, you know, Jesus sets a high mark and then invites us to surpass it. That's the amazing thing. He doesn't say, he doesn't set a high mark and say, hey, try to live up to this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He sets a high mark and then says, you will surpass this because I'm sending the Holy Spirit uh, to be upon every one of you. And, um, and I think, you know, that's part of the challenge, Michael, that we're looking for in the book is twice in Scripture, uh, it commands us to redeem the time. And for me, that redemption is, hey, let's start at the mark of Jesus Christ. Let's start at his relationship with time. Let's start at his productivity within time. Let's start at the redemption of the cross and then see what we can build forward from mm-hmm. there because of what he's done for us. That's good. Mm-hmm. And I just think about it like Jesus lived in the presence of his father. He didn't do anything unless the father initiated. You know, many people think like, oh, man, well, if Jesus didn't do anything, you know, but he was constantly being led by the Holy Spirit. He was in his father's presence. When he when he heard what the father was saying, he would say it. When he saw what the father was doing, he would do it. He lived in this place of perfect union, in this abiding place. And even in your book, you talk about heavenly realities, living from heavenly realities. And so many of us, you know, we're stressed out. We have so many responsibilities, activities. We're anxious. We're grasping for more time. If I only had more time, I'd be able to do this and that. But I think a lot of that, we're striving according to the flesh. We're living naturally, trying to get things done in our own abilities and the time that is given to us. But if we lived like Jesus and we want, and we, and you talk about this in your book, abiding in the presence of God, living from an eternal heavenly perspective. And you even share like simple stories about, and I'd love to hear, you know, um, a couple stories that you share in your book, but simple stories about how, you know, you had very little time. And as you abide, you know, as you spent time in God's presence and focused on things above, you know, that time went a long way. And it's like, you almost, 
you know, uh, you, you know, those, those were time bending moments of like, wow, I didn't think I could accomplish this much in such a small period of time. But because I was abiding in the presence of the Lord, I was able to do that. I would love to hear a bit about that. Yeah. Thank you, Michael. Um, it, it's so true. I think that was the big shock to me is that the time bending concepts actually worked in the most practical, mundane circumstances. Mm. And I think I did tell the story in the book about how, uh, you know, I, I travel prior to COVID, I've, I've traveled two weeks a month for um, 20 years. Yeah, wow. And most of mm-hmm. that's international travel. And, um, you know, so you get home, I have uh, four children and four grandchildren and a wife of 38 years. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff to make up for at home, you know, <laughs> sure. um, oh, you get yeah. the, the lawn mode and, you know, I mean, to take care of, you know, the honeydew list and all that kind of stuff. And so I had a list of those things, but I had a meeting at the church and I knew I only had about 45 minutes, but I, I thought, you know, I'm just going to try this on, I'm going to try this time bending principle on, you know, yard work and work around the house. And so all I did, Michael, is just set my heart on heaven, you know, just, just what Christ has done for us. Like, I don't want anybody to think that this is a lot of striving, that this is something that I achieved through incredible discipline or devotion, you know, no, I'm talking about what Christ has already done for you and in you. Mm -hmm. I just set my heart on eternity. Yeah, God, you're in me, the eternal one. And I'm in you. You said I'm seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So Lord, Mm. I just thank you that I'm living from that heavenly reality. And honestly, it was short. It was brief. But it was potent, you know, and then I went out and I started mowing my lawn and trimming the hedges and, you know, all the different things. And honestly, it usually takes me probably two to three hours at least for all this stuff. And uh, I just honestly, I was enjoying getting it done and it needed done so bad that I just kept going until I had it all done. And then I kind of had this moment of panic, like, oh, my goodness, I missed my meeting. I'm going to need to apologize, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I ran back in the house. I grabbed a uh, drink of water. I looked at the clock and it had only been, it hadn't even been the 45 minutes before yeah. my, <laughs> my appointment. And I don't know how that happened because all the work that I did that normally would take a couple hours uh, was done in less than 45 minutes, I was able to get cleaned up and get to my meeting. And I knew, you know, in that moment that the father was not just interested in bending time Mm. for ministry purposes or for spiritual Mm. purposes, but he, but he cared about the practical and that the eternal realities could be pulled into the practical and the mundane. I just love that because God wants to be a part of every aspect of our lives. The concept that there is no divide between sacred and secular, that God, you know, he doesn't just want to be a part of the church stuff and ministry stuff. He wants to be a part of, you know, that that changed my life when I began to realize I can carry the presence of God everywhere because he is with me. And like you said, setting your mind on things above realities, the word of God states that he is Emmanuel, God with us, that he is Christ in us, the hope of glory, that we are seated with him 
in the heavenly places. There's so many scriptures. We're blessed already with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And there's so many scriptures. We, we are a temple of the Holy Spirit. That means our bodies, you know, um, we, we literally have access by faith to the presence of God, to the throne room of heaven. There's all these scriptures. And if we just abide on those scriptures, we're not trying to climb a ladder to get in the heaven, but we realize we already are in heaven. We just need to set our heart and attention on him. And when, when I began to realize this, I began to experience Jesus when I was washing the dishes or taking a shower or spending time with my kids and you know, going out and working and putting my hand to the plow and working, I was beginning to experience his presence, not just in church, not just in the prayer service, not just in the mission field, but literally everywhere. And he loves to be a part of the small and the big, the seemingly unspiritual, as well as all the, you know, obviously spiritual areas of our lives. And so I love that part of your book, but just the, the, uh, the concept or the spiritual reality of abiding abiding in his presence, doing all things unto him, setting our mind upon things above, not on things beneath, and how the Lord will allow us to be so fruitful and so productive in the time that he has allotted to us. I just find that to be beautiful. And I want to, you know, you have a whole chapter about purpose and serving the purpose of God. Now, purpose is a time mender. And this is one thing that I've always said. I believe that God could accomplish in one moment more um, you know, one moment in his presence, one moment of encounter, God could literally do more than a thousand years of our human striving in our own human flesh. And you talk about purpose and how we have all the time in the world to fulfill our purposes. And I'd love to talk about that. Absolutely. Uh, Ecclesiastes 3, of course, um, the famous passage that's been written into songs that there mm-hmm. is a, a time and a season for every purpose under heaven. And um, I take that very personal. I believe that every um, purpose that's within my heart, that the Lord has made time for that purpose. And he's, and he's also appointed a season for that purpose. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's the way I pursue it is not, you know, starting at a place of I don't have enough time, but rather, no, if it's a purpose in my heart that the Father has put there, and whether that's a purpose of going on vacation with family, oh, yeah. <laughs> or yeah. whether that's a purpose of, of doing something I love to do, you know, taking a hike in nature, or whether that's the purpose of, you know, going to a nation and holding a crusade, you know, um, there is a time and a season God has made time and a season for that. I love how uh, Eugene Peterson in the mm. message paraphrase, he says in uh, the seventh verse of Ephesians, he says, now God has us right where he wants us with all the world. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and I love that. Yeah. He's got us right where he wants us with all the time in the world. And, and so I say this, you know, you've got time. It doesn't have you. There is a time and a season for every purpose that God has placed in your heart. Uh, you know, we're created. We are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to mm. do. And so there is time to do what God has put in your heart to do. And there is a season for everything uh, within your heart. And that's how, that's how we live life. Not that I don't have time, but that there is time yeah. and there is a season for everything the father's wow. done. But, you know, another thing about purpose is just that because we were created for purposes, for good works, for, 
for artistry and industry and ideas and, and relationships and all these things, because God created those in advance for us to do them, when we find ourselves in the center of our purpose, when we find ourselves in the center of something that God has prepared for us, that's when we often see an acceleration of time where we see that a little accomplishes much. And I believe that that one step in the direction of a God-appointed purpose, and, and uh, again, breaking that sacred secular myth, you know, in any God-appointed purpose will yield 10 times as much as, as trying to work in an area that you don't have passion or calling or gifting for, you know? Mm. And so finding those areas of purpose can really be accelerants uh, within your life to productivity, to enjoyment, to, um, you know, uh, that, that sense of purpose being fulfilled. Oh, absolutely. And this is something that just kind of came to me. I didn't even expect to bring this up, but even just talking about like making the best use of our time and, you know, putting our hand to what the Lord, you know, uh, you know, we have all the time in the world for the, for the purposes of God that he has placed in our hearts. You know, I just, you know, it just came to my mind that I believe that Satan, he loves preoccupying us with time wasting things. And I don't know how you feel about that, but like, you know, we, so we don't occupy our time. He loves to preoccupy us with time wasters so that we don't occupy ourselves with the purposes of God. And if, you know, if the devil can't get us in blatant sin, he'll just try to hinder our fruitfulness through distractions. <laughs> I don't know. What do you, I would love to hear your feedback on that because it's just, I just feel in my heart that the, he just loves filling our time with time wasting things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is where obviously we have to walk a delicate balance as well. I remember uh, one time I was in a series of just meeting after meeting after meeting, you know, that was ministry related and church related and stuff. And uh, many days where I was preaching five times a day in a mm. row. And I just came back to the hotel room and I had one day off, you know, and I was like, I flipped on the TV. And the funny thing is like, my favorite show was on a, um, was on a, a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and it was like, you know, 10 or 12 episodes right after another. Uh-huh. And I, I sat in my bed, at, you know, in the hotel and I was like, oh, Lord, you know, I should do this. I should do this. And he's like, no, I put this marathon on for you because I knew it was your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I want you to just chill out and enjoy yourself today, you know. And, um, and so, you know, I do believe that you know, binging on video games and binging on TV and binging on things like, you know, it, it can definitely steal time, life force away from you. You know, anything can be like that. Um, and yet at the same time, I don't want to under-spiritualize those moments of enjoyment, you know, oh, things that you enjoy doing. And, and so, uh, but yes, I do believe that the enemy's tools for stealing time for you are distraction, mm-hmm. a distraction from primary purposes. Mm-hmm. I do believe it's distractions that, that do waste time. Like, um, you know, um, 
I, I like how scripture puts it where it says all things are permissible, but not all things are profitable. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, can I, can I just binge three days in a row on Netflix or Hulu or something? And it's like, yeah, I can, it's permissible, but it's not really profitable to do yeah. that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And that was one day out of 10 days, not 10 days. <laughs> sure. <laughs> row, yeah. You know, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And so, you know, sh- striking that, striking that balance within that is important, but, you know, procrastination and perfectionism mm. are also things that wow. waste time. Oh, yeah. You know, procrastination says I have so much to do. Why bother starting? You know, and it's that hopeless kind of relationship with time. Uh, and then perfectionism is the other end of the spectrum where we're doing it over and over and over again, trying to perfect something that honestly doesn't need to be perfect or, um, you know, kind of that lie of, of trying to make it perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think those are, you know, you mentioned distraction. Absolutely. And then I feel like those polar opposites of procrastination and perfectionism mm-hmm. are two other things that try to try to rob us of the of the eternal, <laughs> oh yeah, the absolutely. eternal within the quantifiable. Yeah, I love what you uh, that that uh, balance that you brought with. Hey, yo, God said, hey, I gave you this, <laughs> I gave you this marathon so you could rest today. That is that will um, bother or offend a religious spirit, one hundred percent. But there's so much truth yeah. to that. Lord wants us to enjoy our lives. You know, we're anointed to go golfing or to do whatever God wants. You know, whatever like you know, God wants us to be able to blow off steam and enjoy relationships and enjoy you know hobbies and to and He wants to be a part of that. He wants to fill that experience and He wants to enjoy those things with us. And I just it came to my mind like you know sometimes like your experience that day in the hotel room entertainment was of God. He gave that to you so you could unload and sometimes ministry could even be a distraction we can get so focused on ministry and identify (laughs) ourselves as a minister and take on things god never wanted us to take on and that could even be a distraction from the enemy getting so involved in things of ministry but we're not doing the fruitful things of ministry that god wants us to do we're occupying so much time you know because we're finding identity in those things and so and that and that could bother a lot of people as well how could you say ministry is a distraction and entertainment could be a god thing well we have to see things through the eyes of heaven there's a balance here and so how many, Absolutely. How many ministers God burn out wants you to burn out <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly so many people burn out and um you know religious tr- tr- you know religion keeps us trying to do through works what we already have by relationship mm, that's good and um and so so we can get trapped in the doing 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 and then wonder why our life smells like doo-doo you know <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Oh yeah. And and meanwhile the father is saying, "Well done." You know, before Jesus ever did one act of ministry, the voice from heaven says, "This is my beloved son in whom I'm already pleased." Mm. You know, and so we have to work from the pleasure of the father and not for the pleasure. Mm. You know, as if we're trying to please him with our, you know, performance. It's like, "No, I'm already pleased with you." Work from the pleasure, yes, you know, and, oh, yeah. um, and that's, that's really the beauty of our redemption in Jesus Christ. Amen. I agree 100%. And it does not produce complacency. It produces 
the great the grace of God produces us to do works of faith and works of obedience because we're just so overwhelmed with gratitude and the joy of the Lord is our strength and it's just a beautiful it's a beautiful thing when I began to step into that and step out of performance and legalism my life was just filled with so much more fruitfulness joy expectation power anointing and so it's a it's a beautiful thing and we all need to learn that in our lives and what would you say kind of wrapping up the podcast what would you say to people right now we're in January and there's a lot of people with new year's resolutions you know and they're you know they're they're trying to take things out of their life that you know aren't good or aren't fruitful and they're trying to add things into their life that are beneficial and fruitful and you know a lot of people continue on it becomes a lifestyle change and a lot of people give up after a few weeks but they're all trying to do better things with their time you know what what would you say to people right now as an encouragement you know that that really want to see change this year absolutely i i know it's a it's a bit mystical and it's and it's a bit ethereal in a way but honestly start from eternity Mm -hmm. start from your awareness that god loves you god is with you god is in you and that you are in him and he is eternal. And if you just start with that eternal sense, that eternal awareness that we have as sons and daughters of God through the redemption of Jesus Christ by the love of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, like just start with the awareness of that. Um, that is the key to everything. Yeah. <laughs> you oh, know? Yeah. What God has done for us, what God has done in us is the key to everything. It makes everything sweeter. It makes everything stronger. It makes everything saltier. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is the key. What practice your awareness and sensitivity of what you already have in God through Christ that is absolutely the key to not only time redemption and bending time, but, but really living in the full benefits of what God has done for us and in us. So uh, it's, it's, it's much more simple than it sounds. It's much more practical than it sounds, and it will yield eternal and, uh, and fruitful results. So start there. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And so many people, you know, religion will tell you that you need to set apart four hours a day for Jesus in your closet or in a prayer room or, and if God anoints you for that, and if there there's seasons of just consecration and just kind of, you know, God opens up avenues for us to spend hours and hours in the presence of God. I had three years of that in Bible school and it was a beautiful time and God did a lot in me, but I just don't have that time anymore. And God is with us everywhere, whether we're out and about, whether we're in the car, whether we're at work, whether we're at home with our kids jumping on us, whether we're, it doesn't matter. All it's just a moment of faith acknowledgement. Jesus, you're with me. You know, all it takes is a second and you, and you could be in the middle of busy tasks. You could be in the middle of somebody talking to you. They're talking, 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 and you're looking at them, but your heart is you're listening, but your heart's also engaging with reality. Jesus, you're here. Boom. The manifest presence of God that he was there all along, but he manifests his glory and his presence for you to be able to just be refreshed in in him. And so it's a beautiful thing. And I just pray that everybody listening right now that we begin to step out of these legalistic limitations and restrictions and God breaks that off of us. And we just begin to just abide in the reality of who we are, who he is and all that we carry. And so Dan, thank you. What a refreshing episode. I really feel like a lot of people are going to be blessed by this. We don't talk about this often, and it's one of the topics that really makes my heart sing. And so thank you, Dan. I appreciate that. 
<laughs> Thank you, Michael. Blessings. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening right now. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. We can get it out to more people so they can be blessed, encouraged, strengthened, challenged by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bless you guys, and I'll talk to you next time on Awaken Podcast. Hello, let me tell you about this amazing online store, The Hope-Filled Journey. You'll definitely want to check it out today. Michelle and Renee Torres, they started up this online store in obedience to the Holy Spirit in the midst of a crazy year, like we all know, uh, full-time jobs, raising four children, and they stepped out in faith, and God is honoring them every step of the way. You go to www.thehopevilledjourney.com. It's where you'll find extraordinary products, clothes, fashion accessories, jewelry, and more. Their goal is to inspire faith through their product line as well as high quality and all they do and produce, which we know is very, very important. Um, check it out today, thehopefilledjourney.com, and you'll get $10 off when you spend $50 or more. And you'll also get $20 off of your purchase if you spend $100 or more with promo code AWAKEN. So go to www.thehopefilledjourney.com. You'll get $10 off when you spend $50 or more, and you'll get $20 off if with, with a purchase of $100 or more with promo code AWAKEN. I highly recommend it. It's an incredible store, so make sure to go to thehopefilledjourney.com today. <music>